Welcome to Pillars of Franchising, and today's guest, Joe LaBaba, is known as the Franchise King. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks. (laughs) So, Joel. (laughs) We were just talking about that Twitter account, I know, kind of threw you for a loop in the beginning there. (laughs) Yeah, it did. What can I say? Yeah. Take it away, Ray. Oh, okay. Ahead, Ray. Okay, here I am. Okay, Joel, I want to ask the the uh, the pregnant question: How did you get the name Franchise King? Okay, well, this one is a fun one for me because, like, when I'm quoted in the in uh, online newspapers or uh, blog posts or whatever, I don't know why, but the uh, the writers always say the self-proclaimed Franchise King. Eh, wrong. <laughs> Um, I, I did not come with the name. I did not come up with the name myself. I did, didn't call myself that one day. I was at a um, huge um, a business expo and a chamber of commerce event. And um, I'd been involved for a couple of years. And the, the director saw me come in this, uh, this expo and yelled from across the room, hey, it's the franchise king. And I started looking around. And then I figured, he was, figured out he was talking to me. So um, later that day, I, uh, I called a friend of mine, uh, Jim Kukrell, who is a, a local Cleveland uh, business guy. And I said, wow, that's kind of weird. The guy just called me the franchise. King. He's like, Joel, call the attorney, get that thing trademarked. It's really cool. And I was like, eh, yeah. I don't know. And I did. I did. So it's been trademarked for like, I think, seven years now, something like that. I know I paid twice, so it has to be more than five years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have fun with it. So is there a franchise queen? No, there's a franchise. Well, she refuses. But there, when when my uh, 22-year-old was, was um, a little younger, um, I did refer to her as the franchise princess, and uh, she doesn't really like that anymore. So, yeah. yeah, but she's my princess. My wife, my uh, wife is not into the queen name at all, so don't even go there. So she she just goes by Mrs. Franchise King. You got it. Yes, she does. Except when she's in public or anywhere. Well, pretty much in public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I, I noticed in uh, uh, doing a little background research that you have a book out. Can you tell us a little bit about yes. that book? Sure. I uh, I've been. Uh, online for for a long time and uh um been writing uh my blog the franchise king blog for years and i wrote a, a book review and the um the person who was the editor for the book uh emailed me and uh said i kind of like your writing it's time for a new franchise book interested and since she was from oh, a pretty wow. big publisher wiley i said uh yeah. okay um, so it was kind of a, a culmination of what I was trying to do anyway. I was hoping to get a book deal some way, and I was told that it's always best when a publisher approaches you. So that's what yeah. happened, and uh took about a month and a half for us to you know, negotiate and figure it out. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. That was in 2011, and uh, the book is really uh, what they call uh, what's known as evergreen. There's really nothing in it that uh, can't be used today. It still sells very well. Um, some of the best uh, referrals I get are from people that read my book. So yeah, it's it's good. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I never uh, never thought I'd write a book ever when I was young. <laughs> no way. 
Well, so that, the, that's the sort of like uh, me thinking of myself uh, 20 years ago, never thinking I'd be owning a franchise either. So, you know, so it's amazing. Uh, the the way, franchise, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, I wouldn't mind going into you with that, but I think first one sure. of the things that we need to discuss is what differentiates you, differentiate you from uh, a, 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 all the other uh, people that are out there selling franchises. Because you, right. you, you don't book yourself as a seller of franchise, but more of an advisor. Right. Is that correct? Right, right. There are um, franchise brokers, franchise consultants, and franchise coaches. They're all the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. they, all are, uh, they all offer free services. Almost all of them offer their services for free, and they're basically matchmakers. So they don't um, they don't disclose it up front necessarily, but their clients are actually the franchisors, even though yeah. the people that are that they are working with feel like they're the clients. Um, and how do I know this? Because I'm a recovering uh, franchise consultant myself. My uh, mm-hmm. my my late father Jerry was actually one of the first franchise consultants around. He was with the group, and after mm-hmm. I was uh, downsized, uh, fired from uh, one of my many many jobs, he asked me to join him, uh, mm-hmm. and so I uh, kind of did. Uh, so mm-hmm. so I was a broker. I was a consultant for about nine years, I think, eight years, maybe a little mm-hmm. longer, and it it started to not feel right. I was um, getting paid nice fat commissions. I was offering my services for free, but some of the people I was helping get into business were going out of business, and it just it just was hurting. You know, it, it just didn't feel right. So um, I decided to. Eventually, I went on my own and did it. Um, I left the group I was with by by choice, and I did it on the side, not on the side, but I did it independently for a while. And I just was like, it still wasn't feeling right. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do a crazy thing and, and actually ask um, for people to pay me for what I've learned over the years. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's what I do now. So the, the client is the person I'm working with who wants to know a real smart way to buy a franchise instead of um, going to every franchise directory around uh, online or to work with a broker or, or work with a broker and myself at the same time, that happens a lot. So what I do is I show people how to find, how to how to choose, and how to do really, really good research, and then I refer them on to lenders and uh, franchise attorneys, mm-hmm. CPAs, whatever they need. I just kind of hold their hand throughout the process. But, so but not all many... uh, of, of the brokers are, are out to get you, mm-hmm. so to speak. They're, I mean, the most of them are, are, are doing a good job trying to uh, find out uh, what you're capable of. Isn't that correct? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, part of part of yeah. being a broker is is learning about the person so you can you know make a good match. Mm-hmm. But it gets a little dicey because you know with a fifteen or twenty thousand dollar commission um, uh, sitting there, who are you? You know, are are you trying to reach your goals? Or are you trying to reach mm-hmm. the person's goals who always wanted to be their own boss? So it gets a little it gets a little mm-hmm. strange. Uh, mm-hmm. So what I do is I come in clean. You know, it's like right. if you buy a franchise, fine. If you don't buy a franchise, it's okay too. My wallet, you know, the size of my wallet does not increase. Mm-hmm. So it's just, different. Just, just to give different. you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I'm I'm done. I was just saying it's just different than oh. what what most of the other people are doing out there. So, like in in my case, uh, I pretty much have a technical background. Uh, uh-huh. And when I was out there searching on my own before I actually got hooked up with a broker, um, uh-huh. I uh, I was looking at you know mechanics, uh, uh, home remodeling, uh, home right. repair. You know all, all of those, and uh, I, and then you say you, you know how well how did you end up with a Molly made house cleaning franchise? Right. Interesting. Right. Interesting thing though is that a, a lot of the owners, uh, Molly made owners, come from a technical background. Now that that's the ones I know of, and I I don't uh-huh. know about other franchises, but um, I, I think the key that turned me uh, is. Well, do you want to work in the business or on the business? And it kind of resonated in my head. And I said, you know, well, basically, I want to work on the business. Right. And knowing myself, uh, if I had an electrical contracting company franchise, I would be out in the field every day, you know, making doing the work myself. Well, sure, and, sure. You know, that's just the way I am, you know. So how, how often do you run across that situation where, you find someone like myself that is, uh, you know, technically inclined, but owning something that would, that would appear to be totally different than what uh, one would suppose they would get. I can tell you from my experience working with just thousands of people over the year, most of the people that I've worked with end up um, um, investing in a franchise that they never thought they would own. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to start at the beginning. So in your case, you took what you felt you wanted to do in a business and looked around mm-hmm. for stuff that, you know, fit what you were comfortable with. Um, right. and, and that is normal. Uh, you know, a lot of people will, for instance, start with a food franchise, even though they've never, but this is weird because they'll start with a food franchise, even though they've never worked in food service before, but, but it's so prevalent and it's so visible that they say, well, heck, I can do that. And these places are always busy, and that's where the money is, et cetera. So it can go both ways. I can tell you, though, because of the Internet, and, and each year it, 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 it gets better for consumers, for the people buying the franchise, they know a heck of a lot more going in. So what I'm finding is people are coming to me, and they already have some ideas, and either their ideas are actually a fairly good match for, for their skill sets, et cetera, um, or um, uh, the complete opposite, where they're, they're like you were, and they're just looking at things that they think they'd be good at and they're comfortable with. It, but but mm-hmm. more and more, people are coming more prepared, which means they're reading more. They're, they're reading books, they're reading articles saying, huh, what do you want to be doing in a business instead of what are you good at? Um, right. But you can still combine the two. There, there, there's a way to combine the two. But like for, for Molly Maid, I remember most of the people that I helped get into business years ago in residential cleaning were really good operations people. Mm-hmm. And they were good with employees. They were good at HR. They had the patience, you know, for employees because you go through a lot of employees, especially at the beginning um, in mm-hmm. a residential cleaning service. So the best brokers put all that together and, 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 try to really match what, what 
what you're good at into a franchise. Myself, I do it a little differently, and, and I really, really want to know what they want to be doing day to day. And then I go back and I ask them what they're good at, and, and, then, and then we combine the two. But I have to tell you that I would say 60% of the people that are coming to me um, pretty much know what they want. I might just suggest <laughs> that um, they look at a couple competitors just so they can sleep at night, so they didn't look at just one thing. But people are a lot smarter than they used to be. I'm telling you, they're coming to me anyway. They're coming to me a, a lot more educated. Yeah, the internet has really. Uh, I know I, you know, I do a lot of research on everything that I do now. Even, uh, you know, if a vendor comes to me and wants to sell me something, I, you know, I first thing I do is get on the internet and, and you know, try to Google right. whatever I can find on them. Exactly. Because it's it's, it's so, so easy to, you know, to get messed up by somebody. <laughs> but, it is. Uh, it is. So, so do you do you have a we, as Ray kind of said we've had several franchisees on here and they, they talk about having to go through some type of skills assessment or uh-huh. and you mentioned the ideal day as which somebody had referenced before what beside, do you have a, your own skill assessment or is it not that formulated that you can just tell by talking to people. Um, I do it in a combination. Um, I've done this long enough where I can talk to someone and ask them what they're good at and then just really start digging in. Um, but, of course, it's included in my um, online course. There, is, there, there are some things that people can do on the course that will really get them thinking, and they can create a worksheet themselves and come up with it so they're better prepared. Whether they work with me or not, they're still going to be a lot better prepared that way. Absolutely. I mean, at, at the very least, you asked some very good questions. You know, uh, you you seem like you you know. When I say you, I mean the person uh, searching for a franchise. At least they can ask the right questions, as right, uh, instead right. of trying to have you fill them in. You know, and exactly one of the things, and especially when it comes to the research, because people do not know how to research a franchise. How could they if they've never done it before? Mm. So I, I'm right. really good right. at teaching people how to do that, supplying great questions to ask franchisees and to ask the franchisor, the CEO, et cetera. It's really, really important uh, um, to do that. You know, most people these days, especially, everything is so quick. You know, how much can I make? That's the first thing. And, you know, and when can I make the money? But you know what? I tell people it doesn't matter yet. Let's see if you like <laughs> the type of business and let's see if you like what you're hearing from headquarters because if you don't it doesn't matter you're not going to do it anyway mm-hmm. how many people how many people invest in things they don't like you know not many so um i really i, I really like people to be kind of slow and steady when they do this oh sure uh, that's a, a, a probably the the most expensive thing you're going to do in your life other than buying a home maybe so that's uh, right you know, so you want to make sure you do go slow and study. I, I took 18 months to uh, to study 18 months. what I was going to do. That, yeah, That's a long time. That's a long time. It's usually, I tell people two or three months from beginning to end. 18 mm-hmm. months is a long time. That's a long time. So what, uh, what, what got, and I'm curious, what got you to yes? What, what happened for you that you said, ah, I'm doing it? 
my wife and I created a list like everybody else, you know, the checkbox, yes, no, good, uh-huh. bad. <laughs> and uh, right. uh, Molly Maid came up pretty much on top on everything. I, I think one of the main the main things that uh, attracted me to there is their their ethics, their ethos, ah. uh, their, uh, their uh, at, at least from the beginning appearance of honesty, and that has held true over the last fifteen years. Uh, wow. We have never run into a problem uh, at all with with the uh, franchisor, and uh, I, I I think I have an excellent relationship with everybody at headquarters in Ann Arbor. And that is probably, and the fact that they had a, a, uh, an organization for giving back to the community, a way of doing that through the Miss Molly foundation. That's right. That's right. And that was a, another really big check mark hmm. in, in the yes column for them. So, uh, like I say, it, it's actually been enjoyable. I mean, we even get together uh, this Saturday. I'm getting together with a bunch of local Molly Maid owners. There's 15 of us in the area. And, um, uh, you know, we get together socially. We get along, all of us. That is so fantastic. It's, 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 it's been a very good experience. Um, other than marrying my wife 35 years ago, <laughs> buying, wow. buying the franchise 15 years ago is, the, you know, the second biggest uh, wow. good decision in my life. Oh, wow, you had me scared there way you were putting that to start. <laughs> Thought you were going to go a different way there, right? Yeah, well, no. <laughs> so here, here's a slight different question that, that Ray and I have been um, uh, debating back and forth. Obviously, uh, Ray used the checkbox phrase, correct phrase again, which is um, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm convinced that uh, franchisees love checkboxes, but what's the difference between somebody that makes a good franchisee and somebody who makes a good franchise or founder or, you know, founds a franchise? Because uh, Ray has talked quite a bit about the fact that um, fran- franchisees like the the business quote in a box that the the system the so but yet somebody who founds a franchise doesn't doesn't they don't have that stuff so in your mind that's a differential one one is a very very entrepreneurial that would be the franchisor um that is the the system creator the idea person now some franchisees have a preconceived notion because they fill it out on, on one of my quizzes that I provide uh, that they're going to be able to come up with all these really good ideas and, and lay all these ideas on the franchisor and uh, improve the business. And I tell them right away, I said, if that is your mindset, you either need to go out and get a job or start your own business because you're going to, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So, so does that help? That, yeah, I, I, to me, seeing as I, I sit here as, as a business owner, not a franchisee owner, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Ray, you want to argue the point? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, it always puzzles me why someone buys a franchise and says, "I'm not going to do what they say." <laughs> I mean, why, why buy a franchise? 
<laughs> you know, because you're paying for uh, paying for all that. So you know, why even think about it? Anyway, one one of the things that I'm going to change gears a little bit. Uh, I know there's there's a lot of myths out there uh, concerning franchise. Uh, franchisors and uh, people who buy franchise. Can you, and I think you expounded a little bit uh, on on, uh, on that uh, previously. Can you can you tell us about some of the myths that can be debunked? Yes, you? yes. Uh, Fred actually um, uh, mentioned one of them with the uh, the whole business in a box thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a it, it is a wonderful. Um, uh, marketing uh, phrase, if that makes sense. But it really um, can lead people to false expectations, um, unrealistic expectations. Because, you know, to me, business in a box means, heck, all I have to do is write a check to the franchise company and the business is going to be all set up for me. All I have to do is, you know, turn the key and open the door, and I'm in business. And that mm-hmm. is not what a franchise is or does. It's true they help set things up, and they have everything um, uh, itemized. Uh, everything is in the operations manual, um, and, and they do help set up your business. But it's not like they just set it up and, and hand you the key and you're done. I mean, there is a lot of hard work involved. There's months of work before you even open the franchise. So That's business in a box, turnkey operation, I, I just wish that, that it wasn't used anymore. And believe me, uh, through my blog, I try like heck to uh, <laughs> put it out there that it just, it just really shouldn't be. Uh, so that, that, you know, that is one one big myth. The other, one of the other ones, it's almost impossible to fail because it's a franchise. Totally false. Totally false. There's no guarantee um, that you are going to be a successful franchise owner just because there's a business system in place. The, the, part of the guarantee is that if you do what, what, what is, is recommended – and what is laid out for you, um, then you have a, a better chance of success than if you didn't follow what was laid out for you. But a lot mm-hmm. of stuff can go wrong. A lot of stuff can go wrong. The location that you and the franchisor thought was the best location around can turn out to be terrible. There could be a road construction project six months after you open with no one being able to turn left into your lot. I mean, a lot of stuff can happen. So, so one of the myths is that you know you just it, it's impossible to fail because it's a franchise. It's almost quote guaranteed false, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure you yeah, absolutely you know know that firsthand. Yeah, uh, I, I think one of the things, if I was in your shoes, would be looking at well, what is the prospective buyer's work ethic like? Because every every right. successful uh, franchise owner that I know has a, a, a very strong work ethic. They, they find themselves oh, yeah. working, you know, 60 hours a week to begin with. Yes. And, uh, you know, you need to do that to get the franchise up off its feet. Uh, I started mine from the, the ground up, and it took a lot of work. Uh, well, and now more, more uh, than a year I am relaxing, relaxing, talking on the radio. <laughs> and, uh, because you, you know, can. I, 
Because I can. <laughs> right. You know, because so, you work so uh, hard for a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so uh, you do look at work ethic when you're talking to somebody. Uh, I mean, as, as soon as someone says to you, "Well, uh, I, you know, I expect to give the franchise or $150,000, and I'm going to get two million dollars every year thereafter." Yeah, that's not the kind of right. Instantly. <laughs> no, no, no. And and I can tell you that ninety ninety percent of the people I've talked to over the years are pretty driven people. Um, they know they're going to have to work hard, and they've been—they have worked hard. And if that, and if, and if ever sensing someone that they just want to kind of, eh, you know, come and go as they please, I'll tell them you may be able to do that a few years from now. But if that's what you want, um, you're, you know, it's going to be a tough road. So there's a lot of yeah. unrealistic stuff out there, and it's you know marketing from years ago, but now it's so easy to find out. Um, almost anything. Yeah, that's true. So, so you you use an interesting phrase there of um, what it, that may have been true years ago. So, how has over the last twenty years um, franchising changed? The um, transparency, um, and and I would say not because the franchise industry wanted it, not that the franchise industry is bad. But most industries like to keep their stuff kind of close to the vest. But the Internet has opened this world up where everyone and anyone can find out about anything within a few minutes if they're pretty good on the search engines. Um, so the, the, the information, you know, used to be that you, you would go to the library, hope that there were a couple books on franchising, and then you'd go to Entrepreneur Magazine because there would be the latest copy. And those were kind of your research tools. Not, mm-hmm. you know, nothing wrong with Entrepreneur Magazine, and there's nothing wrong with library books. But man, I mean, people were kind of self-taught on how to do it, and that was before even brokers were around. Uh, so yeah. uh, now the information is is there's 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 too much of it. There's a lot of very average information out there. There's a lot of junk, just websites being thrown up. So so the uh, uh, so it puts some ads on, and you know the people click the ads and they make money. You know, there are very few deep uh, dives into franchising. Uh, you have to really, really look hard online. But it's there. So I would say that. Um, also, uh, the FDD has changed a little bit over the years. Um, there, there's, there's more stuff that's disclosed now. Um, and, and I do have a pet peeve. Uh, and I think this is important for anyone that's looking to buy a franchise. There are some franchisors who insist on putting earnings claims on their right on the front of their website kind of like buy this franchise because the average franchise owner brings in $365,000 and 22 cents in average revenue you know not what they make in their pocket but average revenue yearly and then there's an asterisk see note number 14 you know I really dislike that. I just, I don't like it, yeah. you know. Um, and, and, of course, the only franchisors that can do that are ones that have good enough numbers to do that. Even, even saying that, there's no guarantee, of course, that the person looking at the franchise is going to have those kind of numbers. So it's mm-hmm. another thing that is eh, kind of 50-50 with me. Um, but the information is definitely more visible now. 
to, to answer your question. It's more visible and it's easier to find, but it's also easier to get into the weeds because there's too much stuff out there. It's something like your mileage may vary, right? Yeah, your mileage may vary. Exactly, exactly. Everyone yeah. is different. Every situation is different. Every town is different. There's too many variables. Yeah, yeah there's and, and, and you mentioned... You know. Yeah, go ahead. You you mentioned town, so maybe we should talk a little bit about location, location, or maybe location. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it's important. Now, in, in your business, which there is no retail space needed, people are not coming into you to order residential mm-hmm. cleaning, um, your right. location, uh, you know, in your kind of business, because of the employees, uh, you need to be close to probably public transportation, close to um, um, people that can get to you to work for you. Um, right. And you also Employee need to be centrally, lo- right. and centrally located um, in your mm-hmm. territory so you can reach, you know, every, every household with three or four vehicles or ten vehicles or whatever you have. But when it comes to retail, um, and a lot of people don't know this, but the franchisor and the franchisee have to agree on the location in almost every case. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked with a franchisee once years ago who was just being cheap. And, and this guy was shown some wonderful locations and five, six hundred $600 a month, $700 a month was, you know, put him over his budget. So if it was oh, you know, wow. 2100 and, and he, he was shown ones that are 2800 he kept saying no. So finally he got, a, he got his location and he closed in like a year, you know. <laughs> But the franchisor was probably like, I guess we have to do this. Yeah. But but really. in most cases, it doesn't happen like that. It, you know, it, it's a mutual thing. And a lot of franchisors these days have either a real estate department or at least access to some local real estate, commercial real estate agents. So, mm-hmm. and they help with that. And, of course, there's wonderful software now, too, that a lot of franchisors have that just mm-hmm. put up territories. And, and they can do it, you know, with demographics and income and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I know. Uh, for for our, our our uh type of operation, it it really matters to be close to your employee base. It's it's right. very important. I, I actually learned in, in another career of mine that uh if you hire somebody that has to drive probably more than about 30 minutes, you're not going to have that employee that long. And uh right. right now all of our employees are within I think about 7 miles at most from our office with the exception of okay. one who's been with us for eight years, no, nine years. Wow. And uh, she lives a little bit further, but she doesn't mind the drive. So, And uh, it's important it, for yeah. people that are listening to this to know that your type of franchise, a service-based franchise business, a location for that is very, very different than a location for a restaurant or a retail. Where Absolutely. the employee, how, how, how far away your employees live really doesn't come into play. Mm-hmm. So it's kind no. of an unusual no. thing to be talking about, and I want to make sure the listeners know that. Um, it's really important if you have a service franchise to be close to your employees, obviously. But yeah. you know, most franchises um, are not service franchises, and people need to know that the location, location, location is really, mm. really critical. And if there's a better location, and if it's a few hundred bucks more a month, you know, sometimes you just have yeah. to do it. Yeah, uh, so yeah. If you have customers topic. walking in the door, you you have to be 
you have to have a storefront. You have to be in a high-traffic area. I could be located in an industrial park. It wouldn't matter that much. It's nice if I could have a, uh, you know, a storefront where people could see a big sign, right. but it's that's not critical for me at all. So on this topic of location, 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 and, and picking um, the franchisee and the franchisor, um, there's a, a national uh, restaurant that has uh, sandwiches. Their, their big thing is sandwiches. Um, and um, you, it seems like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting multiple ones. How does that happen? Because I've I got to believe that that's... And, and if you talk to other people, they say this being a franchise of this franchise or is a, a right. horrible thing. But how is it a good thing when I got one a block away and another block away that way? Well, it could go either way. Um, if it's the same franchisee that owns the four or five that are within a couple mile radius, yeah, then it's okay. That makes sense. But if it's, right. if it's different franchisees, then it can get a little strange. That's why there are things called protected territory. And some franchisors weren't very big on that many years ago. And not all franchisors do that. Some have territories where it's a little more open. So it just depends. That's why it's really important to read uh, all the documents that you get from the franchisor and to hire a franchise attorney to go over them with you so they can say, by the way, it doesn't really say protected territory. It says territory. So make mm. sure you hire a franchise attorney for stuff like that. Okay. So, um, and that kind of leads me to the next question, um, because obviously hiring a franchise attorney is not a cheap in Denver, endeavor, and we've had uh, right. at least one of them on the show. But how much money right. should somebody put away to buy a franchise? And I know that varies on the franchise, but yeah. there's the fran cost of the franchise. What other incidentals are there? Well, working capital is huge. Um, I tell people they need to have enough money stashed for a year. And uh, most people forget about uh, living capital. So <laughs> just, you know, most people are, are coming into, franchise, uh, into franchising as um, ex-employees. So they were either downsized or they had the courage just to leave the job. So that, that six or $7,000 a month or whatever they were making isn't going to be there for a long time, most likely. So they're going to have to have money stashed for living expenses, for mortgage uh, payments, credit cards, car payments, et cetera. Uh, the perfect scenario is obviously to have a spouse that's working um, with hospitalization. Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of a home run if you can do that. And, and if you can make money on what your spouse, you know, if you can live with what your spouse brings in, um, it gives you more uh, breathing room. But, like for people to work with me, if they don't have a minimum net worth of three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the ability to write a check for fifty or sixty thousand cash, um, I, I generally will not work for them. Uh, work with them. Um, it's just it's just going to be too risky. There's just not enough money there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what I tell people is to double or triple whatever the franchisor says, because you will need that. Ooh. And, and, you know, you, you don't want to invest everything you have in, uh, and to find out you need another couple more dollars to keep the business going and you don't have it. No, yeah. you just lost everything. I know. Yeah, you don't want to cut things that close. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. 
So I know my wife worked. Her paycheck many, many times went to pay the employees, you know, in the beginning. Ah, wow. Yeah. yeah. But that was, was scary. You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. You know, but you have to persevere. You have to, you, you know, once once you've made the commitment, you can't, you know, look back and say, oh, gee, I, I don't think I like this anymore. Right. It's not like it's not like you you can just quit a job. It's not. It's this is this yeah. is way different. There's a lot more on the line. That's yeah. why franchising is not for everyone. Business That's ownership true. is not for everyone. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. It's it, it's scary. It can be very very scary. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're you're at the whim of of many many variables. For which sure. I'm sure you can it, go into if you wanted to. <laughs> But yeah, but no, economy, so you, you are. There are a lot of variables. Yeah, the economy right, being so, one, uh, 2008, 2009. I know there's a lot of companies. Oh that, yeah, that, that that folded, and uh, also they were, uh, you know, talking to some of these people, and they said, well, we can't afford the advertising anymore. And I, I'm hearing in the background, whatever you do, don't stop your advertising. <laughs> you know. That's right. And uh, I, I followed that, and uh, I. You know, I believe I was successful because of that, even though it hurt a lot yeah, know, to be able to spend all that money on, on advertising when you know, the money wasn't coming in as strong as it had before. So, uh, you know, sometimes you got to listen to the, the, the gurus out there, such as yourself, right. when, they, when they tell you something that, it, you know, it, it definitely paid off. Definitely pay it off. Listen to the marketing guy. Listen to the marketing guy. Listen to the marketing guy. Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So then, what are the big trends? Which big, which franchises? What would you say are now the the top three franchises that people want to go after? At least from what you're seeing. Uh, I'm trying to think of any specific. There's not. I'm not really hearing like specific names. Um, as much as types, there's definitely a, a pretty good amount of people looking in, into doing food, but big food, like four or $500,000 investment for one place kind of food. Um, so th- those, are, those are being talked about. Um, I'm working with a gentleman right now who wants to be semi-absentee, where he kind of manages the managers, uh, where he doesn't have to uh, be in, in the business uh, 10 hours a day. So that, that's popular, and it's interesting. It's a nice segue, actually, uh, because, they, you know, we were talking before, before we got on the air a little about the IFA and stuff. And, and every year the IFA, uh, International Franchise Association, puts their forecast and their trends um, in public, and it's pretty much always rah, 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 franchising is going to be great. It will be, you know, a half percentage more than last year. We'll sell more franchises, blah, blah, blah. I did a different take in my trends piece, which I wrote about, I think, six weeks, seven weeks ago. Because I've been around long enough to know that when the economy is really good like it is now um, and unemployment is really, really low, franchising as an industry, when it comes to creating new units and selling new units, doesn't necessarily do that well. Um, uh, I think that if the economy stays like this and the unemployment um, numbers are really, really low, which is good, um, that um, the thousands of franchise brokers out there are going to be hurting and they're probably going to leave the business and that franchisors are going to have to really, really um, um, 
stick really close to their salespeople because their salespeople are not going to have as many candidates in front of them. And the ones they do have, they're really going to have to make sure that they're going slow with them because it's not like they have a lot of others waiting in the wings. Um, I've seen this before. Uh, You know, when when there's a lot of downsizing, man, my phone rang off the hook. Uh, But like right now, it's a little flat, uh, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. and people, I can tell you that people are a little nervous. Um, I I believe in my heart, in my heart, that it's the Trump effect, that people are nervous because everything is just kind of out of whack right now. And it's, it's, you know, four or five headlines a day. Of, of stuff at the White House and this and that. And I think people are definitely a little gun shy right now about spending money, about making a move. I mean, the stock market's one thing. It's doing great, but that can change any, you know, any day. So, you know, there's kind of a weird mood in the country right now. I think people are on edge combined with low unemployment. Um, if people are making money in their, in their jobs, um, they're going to be a lot less inclined to make a move than if they were downsized or if they were not making any money. It's just, it's just there's a different thing in the air right now. It's uh, what I heard on the radio today is basically people were getting uh, their refund back. They're uh-huh. more than, more than usual, but they're not uh-huh. spending it. They're putting it in the bank. So, uh, and that's why you asked me which how is, Which business. isn't a bad said, idea. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's okay. Your yeah, business is okay. I, I mean, uh, we're, right. we're growing, but uh, okay. I mean, obviously it could be better, and we've seen better. Uh, uh-huh. I'm just hoping that the, you know the economy it gets to a point where people you know you know say they they need to you know spend more time with their kids and therefore hire your cleaning right. service. But you know, right, you know. right. But are so you are you guys are are you are you guys feeling what I'm feeling that that people are a little. Uh, they're on edge. They're kind of cranky. They're a little nervous. They're kind of um, yes. kind of walking around like wide-eyed, like what the heck is going on? I'm feeling oh, sure. it, and, yeah. and I think yeah. I think people that are looking to make big investments are feeling it too. Yeah, yeah. One one of the things we're we're getting close to the end of the show. I want to make sure that we get this out is yeah. How do how do people contact you? You know, if they they need some advice. You know, what's the best way? What are probably the many ways they can get get a hold of right. you? Well, believe it or not, I do have a website. <laughs> 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 and and we should have had a contest started, but um, it has a very unique name, uh, thefranchiseking.com. Um, there are yeah. So thefranchiseking.com. Um, there are about fourteen, fifteen hundred different articles that you can find on the blog. There are a bunch of cool little buttons on the top where people can find out about consultations. They can take a free online course. I also own another website, franchisebusinessuniversity.com. That's where my online courses are kept hidden. No, they're not hidden, but they're kept there. Um, and also on Twitter, um, I'm, I'm, I was one of the first guys on Twitter in my industry, and that's kind of fun. Uh, so Franchise King, just plain Franchise King on Twitter. And you can even follow the dog, Franchise Dog, on Twitter. He has his own Twitter account. This is Franchise Dog number two. Unfortunately, our dogs don't live that long. 
Um, and Franchise Dog uh, tweets some pretty cool stuff out once in a while. So between Franchise Dog on Twitter, Franchise King on Twitter, thefranchiseking.com, and FranchiseBusinessUniversity.com, I'm pretty darn easy to be found. Yep, that certainly yes, sounds like are. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wish I knew about you, you know, 15 years ago, but you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad the way things turned out. I'm, I'm really, no, yeah. you're doing. It sounds like you have a really, really successful residential cleaning business. You're your own boss. You get to have some time. You can help on a radio show once a week. I mean, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's working for someone so, else, doesn't it? Time to you take us out. Close us out. <laughs> Uh, you got it. Next week, same bat time, same Pillar of Franchising uh, station. See you next week at Pillars of Franchising. Fantastic. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Fred. Sure, that was-